Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. History of the Spirit. And as we look into your Word, everyone is blessed, edified, strengthened, encouraged through the teaching of the Word and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, even this morning. Amen. All right, you may have your seats as I shall have mine. Right. A couple of disclaimers um, for persons who are seeing this for the first time. Um, yeah, I, I haven't done this level yet. Like, I, I like to sit because <laughs> maybe one day, right? Maybe one day. Um, but I like to sit because we're having a conversation and it's something I've noticed about the, the timing of when I come and it's, it's really interesting, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, we're having a conversation. Um, I like to gist and... So, so that I don't go off point, I use slides. And I mean, it's the PowerPoint tribe, so why not PowerPoint? It's like, yeah. First time, as I promise, it's not a thing. Like, it's not a thing, it just, it just so happens. All right, so today we'll be talking about um, little big things. Right? Um, but I, I would need to give some context. Um, we, we're coming from a series, we can move to, we're coming, oh, help me celebrate the boss team as well. There. They're going to be in this with me <laughs> quite actively. All right, so we're coming from, from the Shield series, which is, I, I, I would say, one of the most powerful series we have had um, at the tribe because of the level of its impact, um, the level, its practicality, and how it affects our everyday living. Right? Um, I remember some of the core things that, that I gleaned from this series is how that fear and faith are the product of systems of interpretation. So you interpret truth through true truth. Yes. You get faith um, and you interpret through something else um, and you, you get fear. Another, another one of the landmark teachings um, was spoiler alert. Talking about and how that is really that little. Right? It's a little part has has its as the way it appears, or as the way it looks. Um, and then I think finally one of the, the finishing or, or the, the brilliant finishing to this particular series was um, the anchoring truths, faith, hope, love, and just like sealing the deal. We've dealt with fear. Um, now let's get something else back in. Let's, um, what's the word? Establish ourselves in faith, in hope, and in love. And that was, that was really powerful. And, and I would want to use this opportunity to celebrate the team of pastors, Pastor Dami, Pastor Pierce, Pastor Yinka, Pastor Timmy, I think the, Pastor Mike, yes, Pastor Mike as well taught, taught in this series. And the truth is, we would not be having today's teaching without them. And, and I'll explain. Next slide, please. Oh, we're scrolling. Interesting. Okay. Um, so we're blending, really. That's, that's what we're doing. And what... what why I've noticed that I, I, I tend to come after LQs, right? So there's a series, there are the questions, and then there's just, yeah, there's, then there's a conversation, right? And, and I think it's actually interestingly scheduled in that manner because uh, the series sort of formed the building blocks for what the conversations we have, right? It's, it's almost like um, rather than having to eat an apple, banana, like you, you have all the fruits, um, provided by the series. We then blend it in a conversation that you can then take and like a mantra that you can live by, 
right? Like, do hard things. Um, <laughs> all right, you guys remember, great. Um, so it's, 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 this conversation cannot happen without them. So I'm, I'm really just, you know, layering, as, as it were. Um, and I think it's helpful to have these conversations because as we engage, that is when we become doers and not just hearers, because it's possible to have heard all along, like I've had fruits in my fridge for a couple of weeks now, um, and not do. But these conversations, these engagements really just help translate it into something that you can easily remember and, and do with. Um, the last disclaimer, right? Um, yeah, it, I, I tend to, from the word, enter science, enter stories and parables, and I'll, I'll just quickly explain why so that we're not lost during, during the series. So the word is the basis for everything, really. Um, and I think science is basically playing catch up. The world had stated that the earth was round long before we had the whole flat earth versus round earth, right? So what I'll typically be doing is from the basis of the word, telling you how science has caught up, right? And then give you some stories and parables because, I mean, there's, there's a way stories communicate certain truths. It's one of the reasons why Jesus spoke in parables. It's one of the reasons why Nathan told David a story for him to see something he did that he could not see. Right? So that's, that's my stories. All right, that being said, um, Buzz, are, are we good to go on, on the video? All right. Uh, we can't see it. All right. Um, so, I mean, that does just sort of paints a picture of if that happened in Nigeria, right? And the streets of Twitter would go agog. Um, let me not see what, what crossed my mind. Like, I'm, not, I'm not supposed to say that here. Right? But, but the streets of Twitter would like, go crazy and different people having their different opinions of a little thing. Something as little as, I mean, because there's still arguments as to uh, at what point life is, right? but we all know when life is formed, right? But something as little as that um, can have that much impact, can create that much, um, or generate that, that level of conversation. Um, so, which brings us to the first section in our conversation today. Not so little things. Inverse proportions in life. Um, so, have you ever been walking? I'm sure most of this has happened to most of us. Um, even though the Bible says, yes, he will not cause your foot to uh, be hit upon a rock. But have you ever hit your pinky toe before and felt it throughout your entire body? You'd, you'd wonder whether a car hits you, or maybe a car hitting you may have been better, right? Because of the the impact of that little hit, right? Um, and we find these inverse proportions in life across many things. Um, a ship, for example, having a rudder, it's a little tiny thing. I think somewhere at the back or in front, and okay, at the back actually. And if it turns, it controls the direction of a huge ship. Um, a watch battery, for example. I mean, for those of us who you know use those wristwatches, that those batteries are those tiny button batteries. And without that tiny button battery, the entire watch is useless. Um, but the Bible talking about the little foxes um, or the fork pump, for those of us who drive, I think it was recently that I ordered an Uber and something happened to his fork pump. It was like a really tiny thing, but the entire car could not move. Um, and then there's the story of the bread maker that I'll just gloss over quickly. Um, so I love bread, if, if it wasn't common knowledge. Actually, that's another thing I have in common with Pastor Dami. Um, <laughs> um, 
And so just before the pandemic was going to start, I was wondering, oh, you know, we were doing all the whole lockdowns and everything. I was wondering, oh, how am I going to keep eating bread? So I bought a bread maker. Um, and it worked. It was nice. It makes bread. Like, it's really simple, straight and forward. But a couple months down the line, I mistakenly threw out bread. So there's this thing that spins. So one thing I love about bread maker is it's stressless. You're not mixing anything. You're not doing anything. You just dump stuff, wake up the next morning to sweet-smelling bread. Um, a couple months down the line, I mistakenly threw out, because one of the bread batches didn't come out right, right. And I mistakenly threw out the bread batch with the tiny thing that spins. Like the, the bread maker is this big. The thing that spins is just about the size of this hole, right? But, and it costs like, the cost of this thing compared to the cost of the bread maker is probably like one to hundred. But for six months, I could not use it because of that little thing. So we find these inverse proportions throughout life where little things seem to matter. And it goes on and on and on. Next slide, please. Even to the savior of the world, right? The biggest package to ever walk the earth came in the tiniest, or the biggest, sorry, not the biggest package, the biggest person ever to walk the earth came in the tiniest, tiniest package in the least of places. Um, and then we see little true scripture, different um, scriptures that allude to these inverse proportions. So Psalm 8 to talking about um, God ordaining strength from the mouth of babes. You would ordinarily think it's someone we know with, like, Director Ewe. Um <laughs> And then you see Jesus also speaking about the mustard seed. If you have faith as small as the mustard seed, mustard seed being the smallest of seeds, right? But can move mountains, inverse proportions. And we see James talking about the tongue, how it's little, but with it you can set fire to a forest. Um, you see David and Goliath. I mean, it's one story we all like. Um, referencing. And literature scripture, we find these inverse, inverse proportions. Um, and what this reveals is, next slide please, under the right condition, you hit your toe or your four pump stops working. Little things can be revealed as big things. Right? And the reverse is not always the case, but we'll not get into that just yet. But under the right conditions, under the right circumstances, under the right influence, one can then start viewing these little things as what they truly are, at their true level of importance. So that's, I mean, if, if these things often turn out, next slide please, often turn out to be that important, the question is, why then do we initially consider them little? Like, what makes them little by definition initially? Like, what makes me think about my pinky and be like, eh, it's a tiny thing, until I hit it. And... The answer to that is really simple. It's because it looks, it feels, it sounds, it smells smaller. In comparison. So, little cannot be defined in isolation. Like, I cannot say this is a little tree if I don't know what a regular tree, or if I don't have a picture of a regular tree in my head. Right? Um, without a benchmark, Outside of that little thing, quote-unquote, you may not necessarily view it as little or otherwise. There is a benchmark. So it's a question of perspective. right? It's not an absolute. Um, and, and I think the engagement between Samuel and the sons of Jesse sort of pointed that out. Um, God, man looks on the outwards, uh, but God looks on the in, inside. Right? But basically, man looks at the outward, and then based on what he sees, benchmarked to a perspective. 
compared to something else. Um, we then define little. And I, I think it's, it may be important to, to spell this out in a little, or to spell this out a little more because for most of us here, 50 bucks is little. I like to assume, right? <laughs> Until you need that 50 bucks. <laughs> I mean, there, there have been, so I mean, you could still be the same person. Or I think what I was trying to point out here is the 50 bucks that we consider little, quote unquote, somebody outside would follow the conductor to drag that change until the 50 bucks drops, right? So it's, it's a matter of, <laughs> oh, I, I see certain smells, maybe something happened on the way to church. <laughs> anyway, um, but it's a matter of perspective, like where you are, right? So what is little to me may not be little to, I'm not going to point to anybody, but it may not be little to you guys, right, uh, or, or someone else. And so it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of interpretation. One of the things we learned in, in the S.H.I.E.L.D. series, one of the landmark teachings, or one of the landmark statements there was that fear and faith are the result of interpretations, right, um, a result of perspectives. Um, perspective is a way of regarding situations, as Oxford Dictionary. Um, so technically speaking, fear, faith, little, big, is a matter of perspective or interpretation. It's how you interpret it within the context of what is going on. Right? So within the context of your fully healthy body, your pinky toe is little. The minute it hits something, your context has changed, and it becomes something else. Right? Um, And I think this thing about perspectives is what makes Isaiah 11 to quite deep, right? Um, next slide, please, yeah. Because you're not judging after the size of your eyes. You're not judging after the hearing of your ears, or you're not reproving after the hearing of your ears. You are not taking information to judge or to form perspective. Your perspective is from here, not from outside. And, I mean, we... I mean, I think I had, you know, quoted that scripture a number of times, even prayed it, and until I saw this illustration, I did, it didn't really hit me what that meant. Imagine you are driving a car, and you closed your eyes, and you blocked your ears, and you are driving a car. Like, it's, it's that deep. Like, you're not judging, like, you're not choosing to turn at this point because you can see a car in front of you. There is something else giving you and information and perspective. We'll come back to this, this illustration later on, but I think I just needed to highlight it at this point. Here's the irony, because I mean, we, we may be thinking that, oh, that person, if you actually drove out now and you saw somebody like tied his eyes, blocked his ears, and is driving, you would think, who is this? Like, you would think that person is perhaps one of the most dangerous persons on, on the road, blind road at the time. But funny enough, when it comes to this scripture and how we live our lives, that's when you are the most safe. It doesn't seem like it, uh, because it was like, what are you doing? Like, really, what are you doing? But that's when you're most safe. I, I, I will get there. All right. Um, so the challenge with the little things really is that um, with little things, such as your pinky toe, we, from experience or from context, understand that these things are important. 
Or how about little things we keep overlooking until we hit it? You know that funny saying about um, you don't know the value of what you have until you lose it? Right? It's, it works, but I, I would say it's not the best way to learn about the importance of a thing. Right? So I was, I was having a conversation with, with a friend who happens to be a dentist, and she was telling me how someone died from a tooth infection. Like, it's little. But it led to the person's death. And it perhaps... <laughs> it took that conversation for me to become more serious about my dentition and, like, going to see the dentist. And like, it took that conversation for me to realize that, whoa, this thing that... Is, is that important? But that is not always the best way to learn because it took someone's death for me to learn that. So that's the challenge. The little things we keep overlooking until something happens, right? And which is not the best. Oddly enough, these little things are the solutions to big things. So if this person had fixed this little thing, that big thing would not have been a conversation. Next slide, please. So it, it, it's almost like a domino effect. Like it's a little thing that leads to, that leads to and then becomes a big thing. It's, it's easier to fight at the little level than it is to fight at when it has become a problem. Right? Um, I mean, Proverbs 24.33 talks about a little sleep, a little slumber. Eh, it's a little sleep. It's a little slumber. Um, and by verse 34, we see that your, your poverty will come upon you like an robber. You bought it. It's your poverty. You bought it with with your sleep, <laughs> right? So it's not, it's not somebody else's own. And then imagine like trying to deal with a little sleep, a little slumber. You can eh, coffee here, something there, walk around, jump around, or try to fight something that comes at you like an arm robber. I, I hope many of us have not been in situations like that. It's not fun. Um, it's not fun at all. And that could be prevented by simply dealing with the little thing, right? So that's, that's why we're talking about, about little things, right? And we're talking about little things still within the context of the S.H.I.E.L.D. series, just so that, like, for the background, or so we don't lose, lose the context of our conversation. And one of the things you notice, right, is that you don't exactly start working up fear when fear shows up. I'll be fighting at that level and not at the little level. Well, we'll get into it, right? Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll move on to, to our next section, right? And where we now deal with how to recognize these little things or how to work these little things while they are still little. So we're not dealing with them at the other level, right? Yeah. Um, so this, this next section, we're going to be talking about predictably irrational. And this is where we get to engage a bit because um, it starts with a question. Um, but I've, I've tagged this section, the pseudo-deterministic theory of perspective, perception, and action. Okay. Um, yeah, the illustration was me sometimes last week. Um, <laughs> well, we bless God, right? So this, this, this section starts with, with a question. And I'm sure at this point you may be thinking, 
PI, big English, and trick questions, like five, six, and seven. Right? Like, Hunger Games was not enough. I apologize. Hunger Games was hard. I agree. It was hard. I'm sorry. Right? But here's the question. There are generally two schools of thought when it comes to how life plays out. Um, and, and I think if there's a mic, we may start getting it ready because I'd actually like to hear opinions at this point. Um, there are two schools of thought. There's determinism, right? Which is sort of the, the philosophical doctrine that all events, including human action, and are ultimately determined by causes external to your will, right? Um, in other words, if they did it, they could not have done otherwise. If they acted this way, they could not have acted otherwise. They were, it was fate. It was the cosmos. It was, you know, arranged. And then there is the other school of thought in determinism, which is, I'm the captain of my destiny. What's that saying again? Captain of my destiny, something, something. Wait, am I the only one who knows? Let's say. Ah, okay. Anyway, basically, they're, they're saying that they will. So the self-made men, the self-made this, they, by their will, achieve and create their destinies. So here's my question. Which one do you think operates in life? Okay, any? Okay, I can make it easy. So if you think it's A, A, like it's, it's determinism, Kisera, Sera, what will be, will be. Yeah? No? We don't agree. So we think by our will. Ah, pick a side. Okay, no problem. You say it's both of them. It's both of them. Okay. Oh, he says neither. That's a, that's a new one. Um, so let's even agree that it's both of them. Which one do you think is majority? <laughs> that's a good one. That's, 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 that's a really good one. Um, <laughs> Well, well which, which would you think is, is the majority? B being your, your, your will. You determine your actions, what you do, how you do it, when you do it, by your share will. Well, your share will is the main driving force, right? All right, next slide. Yeah, of course we know it's both, right? Like, there's a balance to these things. But we find that it's more fit, or what I will refer to as pseudo-fit. So it looks like fit, but it's not fit, right? Than it is your will. Of course, I'm guessing that somewhere at the back of your head, you are calculating that. Ah. Say what? So are you saying I'm not in control of myself? Are you saying that I'm not determining most of my actions? Like, am I some robot? Someone is, you know, there are strings on me. I'm some puppet that is being moved about. So let's, let's you know, calm down and, and I'll explain. All right, just calm down. Yes. <laughs> I'll explain. And, and I think I'll, I'll start off with, with a, few, a few scriptures or a few questions or more questions, right? So if you are a musician, if you are, let's say, 
Imao Oshong are listening to the same piece of music, using the same headphones, maybe Sony, Beats by Dre, the same piece of music at the same time, you're in the same room. Would both of you hear the same thing? Is he willing any difference from you to hear that piece of music? Does it matter how much will you commit to that activity at the point of activity? You will not hear the same thing. Okay. Next slide, next question. This happens with a number of things as well. Imagine sitting down to watch a movie with Bishop. You can't see the same thing. Or sitting down to, or planning to build a house with a civil engineer. Um, funny enough, this is, there's, there's, a, there's an example in, in science that, that sort of points this out in, in a clear way. It's called the house money effect. Imagine I, okay, so let me just ask a question. Let me, not, let me not imagine I dash anybody money because I don't think I'm in that um, current state. <laughs> but imagine you won, uh, person A won a lottery. $1 million. And person B worked for one year to make that same $1 million. Which one will finish first? Why? It's not the same money. Don't they have the same value? Eh? Technically speaking, the person, the person, the, what they are spending the money on is not changing value based on. So is it face value? Is $1 million not $1 million? So why does one finish first? Funny enough, before science got to that point, the Bible had already spoken in Proverbs that money gotten through is quick too. So science is basically catching up. That's, that's what science is doing. But here's the question I, I, I'm asking again. Is that does it matter how much will you put into an activity at the time of the activity? So Pastor Tami shared a, a, um, something that happened to him, um, I think, during the course of the series. And I could only imagine if I was the one going through that situation, I would have freaked out. Like, and not because I don't, not because I wasn't listening to the messages, not because I haven't been paying attention, not because I haven't, I would not will myself to not freak out. I don't know if you get it. All right. Final question. Why do you think the first thing God did was to change our nature, create a whole new human being, if it was a matter of will and not pseudo fate. I mean, see Second Corinthians five something talking about how um, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things have passed away. Um, and I think one of the interesting ones actually is Romans nine sixteen. It's not unto him that willeth. Like that, that basically just spells it out for you, like clearly. It's not unto him that we let will from now to tomorrow. It's God that shows mercy. We see conversations with between Jesus and Nicodemus, and he's, Jesus is telling him, Fam, you must be born again. And Nicodemus is like, What are you talking about? Right? Because it's that fundamental. All right. So, yes, I've scattered your answer. Um, let's now break it down, right? Because, I mean, I've started your answer. I've asked you questions to make you change your mind, you know, to join the other side. Well, let's, let's now break it down. And it really begins with 
the artificial intelligence that we have that we may not necessarily be aware of. Um, and that is the brain. It's the supercomputer, the artificial intelligence we have that we call the brain, right? And it basically is responsible for, what's the word now? Regulating, controlling everything that hap goes on in this system. We call it body. Um, and the funny thing is, conscious thought is just 5% of it. The other 95% is going on without your knowledge. You have, <laughs> like, if I ask, for example, can you deliberately slow down your heartbeat? Like, just sit down, slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know movies have told us one thing, right? Um, and, and they are fun, but I, I would like to see you do it. <laughs> um, but 95% of it is subconscious. 95% of it is not within your will. The other bit is nature, is fate, is pre-programming, right? It's one of the reasons why magic tricks work. You, you already know that this is a magician. Like, you, you've been told. You, are, you came here to watch a magic trick. But he will do like this, and you won't see it. Because it's not about your willing to see it. But if a magician sat there, he will see what he did, and catch the cues, catch the movements. It's not, it's not about your willing to see it. Your 95% of subconscious has been patterned after a certain to not catch it. It's one of the reasons why biases persist, even after reading up on so many, and I think this is me throwing a shit at myself, even after reading up on so many biases, I still catch myself every now and then, like, ah, Tori, you did that. Like, but, and it's one of the things, or, and this 95% is where, humanly speaking, now this is now outside of a spirit-filled, demon-chasing, tongue-firing Christian, right? Um, this is where perception and intuition comes from, that 95%, because you can't explain it. It's not conscious, it may not be logical, but you see something and you're like, mm. Based on some competitions that have been run, you, your intuition reaches a particular decision, and you feel a certain type of way about something, right? Um, and then we now talk about the 5%, which is your will. Um, that's prone to machine learning, meaning it takes in information, or it's, I won't say, prone to machine learning, but it's more like it directs the machine learning. It directs the learning of the 95%. It directs the programming of the 95%. Um, it provides the information on which the subconscious is built. Um, so let's take a look at six examples as to how this plays out biblically, right? First example. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Thou shalt meditate on it. 5%. That's what you control actively. Um, and then you shall make your way prosperous. It's almost like autopilot at that point. 95%. You have meditated. And by reason of said meditation, by reason of that little thing, by reason of how you've directed the 5%, you have programmed your 95% to act in a certain way that makes your way prosperous. Example two, but we all, as we don't feel faces, are looking as in a glass, right? 
be looking is your nine, your five percent. That's what you control. Um, and we are being transformed into the same image, right? That's ninety-five percent. You do not. <laughs> you do not sit down and engineer your control in the sense that, oh, today this will move to this point, that will move to that. Like you're not picking at it, nitty-gritty in that sense, right? It's the five percent doing its work of engineering. Um, then example three, for B transformed, which is the 95%, we flip, we flipped the script now. Um, B transformed, which is the 95%, by the renewing of your mind. Um, that's, that is the activity, that's the 5% that you actually put in. Um, the, the root word for re renewing of your mind there is, I, I'm not going to pronounce it, but you can see it, right? Because um, I don't want to bite my tongue. <laughs> but it means renovation. Right? And, and that one you actively do. That's where, that's, that's the 5%, the little thing. Example four, I have hidden thy word in my heart, that's active, 5%, that I may not, 95%. Um, cynic, oh, that repeated, sorry. That's Psalm 119. There's no renovation here. I think that was a copy and paste error. Example five, and, and I think one of the reasons for this particular example is point out how that it's possible to have a situation where your 5% does not align with the 95%. And what happens in that situation is that, again, it's more faith than will. So here the Bible talks about they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So it's almost like the 5%, the lips that you're actively controlling, because I believe I'm actively controlling my lips right now, um, the 5% that you're actively controlling is in one direction. But that 95% is in another direction. At the end of this particular uh, verse of scripture, we see that God talks about how he would take um, away the wisdom of the wise and the understanding of the knowledgeable. So where there is a mismatch, the greater impacts would more often than not be the result of fit, pseudo fit, and not the will that you are willing saying. I think it's one of the reasons why certain confessions do not take effect simply by saying until they have taken root. Like you can say it from now to tomorrow, but if I mean, there's a reason why uh, even the redemption, how we get into the um, kingdom of Christ, is believe first in your heart before you speak. Because that 95% is important. If it was not, then just speak and that's it. Right? Um, so there can be situations where, where that happens. And, and I think one of, one of the... There was, there, was, there was something that interesting I, I saw here that I'm still mulling over. And it's how that Jesus repeated this particular scripture when the Pharisees, or I think, I'm not sure whether it was Pharisees or some, some people shall, said that uh, people were, you know, chop chop. And it was like, it's not what goes into a man's mouth, like what comes out of it. Um, and then he then talks about how that they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far. Funny enough, one would think that saying what comes out of it 
would mean an honoring with lips. It's almost like, when I tell you, oh, it's not, it's not about what enters my mouth, it's about what comes out of my mouth. And then God's comes daily that the honor is the mouth. What is coming out of the mouth is what should be coming out, but their hearts are far from me. It's a, I don't know if you guys can see it. It's almost like, yeah, like, like, what comes out of the mouth. But that's it that comes out of the mouth. It did not align, sort of. Okay, so I, th- I think I, I may have made this. So let's, let's, let's move on to the final, final example, which I, which I think I already mentioned earlier, is that David did not work up faith at the time he ran into Goliath. Like it was nature. I think it was probably one of the reasons why it was both annoying to him and um, what's the word, what word would I use? And annoying to the people that heard him talk, like Kilo D. It's not like he was trying to do be braggadocious at that point. He wasn't trying to save face. He was speaking from a nature. Like, quote and unquote, he could not help but speak. It's not like he got there and was like, I am looking for what to speak about today. I'm looking for a giant to fight. He just got there and he just showed up and I'm like, ah, what's going on here? Like, by nature. By <laughs> fit. Right? And we see the, the reverse happen with the several sons of Sceva who went about looking willing, right? By will. Let's find we will. And then the, he's the one that passed their power. And no matter how much faith they tried to walk up at that point, it could not suffice. The Samson case is, is sort of a flip. Um, and it, so I'll say take this particular narrative with a pinch of salt because it's not <laughs> an example of sorts. Um, but it's how Samson by nature, as a result of the hair he had, by nature could do and undo. At the point when that nature left, he got up willing, very willing, but that nature had left. Not unto him who wills, but God who shows mercy. So you don't, you don't start willing at the point when something shows up. It's not at the point when... <laughs> Let me use that example. It's not at the point when um, something happens that you then begin to work up faith. What you would be doing is fighting... The fighting the fight of the last slant and not the little thing. Right? Um, oh man. And it's, it's pretty important to know. So, yeah, next slide, please. What you'll be doing really is, is trying to fight 95% with 5%. What you have active control over is 5%. What has been pre-programmed, pre-patterned, or what you have fed your, as a result of what you have fed yourself over time, the nurture side of things, um, makes that fight a difficult one. It's not impossible, but it's tough. And also inefficient. Um, it's much easier to guard your heart with this, with all diligence than it is to begin fighting the impact of one little deviation. Um, 
So I'll, 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 <laughs> should I take a side note at this point? Okay, I'll take the first one and then maybe we'll talk about the second one if we get to that point, right? Um, but Proverbs 27, 12 talks about the prudent person who sees danger from afar off and hides himself. Um, it's a thing of, the danger is not here yet. It's too far. Eventually, may not get here. But a prudent person sees that and hides himself. Um, yeah, I think I'll take the first side not to talk about, about um, depression for a bit. I don't know how many of us may have heard about Twitch. Okay. Um, so we all know who he is. I'm not going to go into the integrity of that. Um, but for those who don't know, he's a popular guy. He's a dancer. Um, by what the eyes can see and what the ears can hear, he's a happy guy. Full of life, full of energy. And then we hear what happened and we're like, huh? And I think on the back of that conversation, I was having a conversation with another friend. Yes, I have many friends um, in the medical field as well. But she's, she's more into neuroscience. Um, and we're having a conversation on depression. Um, at the time, I was of the opinion that, and I think for the most part, I still am of the opinion that it's mind over matter. She's a Christian, so let me just you know, contextualize the conversation so that it's not like I'm speaking with, right? But, um, but she's of the opinion, or she's more of the opinion that it's a matter over mind. Especially when you juxtapose the before and after when certain chemicals are introduced to the body. Right. But I think one thing we both agreed on was that there are tendencies. While at the end of the day we may debate on whether the state itself is a mind over matter or matter over mind, there are tendencies that lead one to that point. Right. Um, there are actions, inactions. You know how, um, even though we still debated this one a bit, but you know how certain things or doing certain things predispose you to certain diseases or certain um, conditions. Like if this is something that's carcinogenic or if this is something that's this or something that. In a similar way for depression, yes, there's a side where I think because she argued that there was a side where DNA plays a hand in it. Um, but at the same time, there are activities one sort of engages in that tends to. So I said that to say that it's much easier to fight those activities and tendencies than when you get to a depressive state. Because at that point, and I think it was on the backdrop of, of that conversation and some of my reading for this teaching that I realized that Truly depressed people, and these are not the people who just, you know, wake up and, I'm depressed because it sounds nice, right? Not those guys. Truly depressed people are fighting a 5% versus a 95% battle. That's an uphill task. All I'll say is temper justice with mercy, right? Because I understand that it's a fight they need to have. They fight they're meant to fight, but it's a hard fight. What they can garner is a 5% type thing, 
95% has been built up over time, and that's, that's a difficult fight. But they need to have it. But I guess just temper justice with mercy, right? Um, and at the same time, <laughs> see, see, see danger far off, hide yourself. Like, there are certain things that... Uh, I'm going to have to repeat this, because there, 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 there are a number of things that Pastor Dami has defined that I don't think I would ever forget. And one of those things is, a blessed man is defined by what, firstly defined by what he does not do. It's not defined by what he has, or like in terms of material, or, or what he he's doing. It's firstly defined by what he does not do. So see danger afar, hide yourself. And if you have friends that are playing with danger, please don't play with them. Pull them if you can. Because the, the impact of, a, of one little deviation. I think there was a movie at some point, just a little scene. Right? There was, there was a movie. Yeah. The impact of that little thing can be so far-reaching. You're better off fighting a 5% battle where the 5% is actually within your control. The entire 5% is within your control than fighting a battle where it's 5 against 95. All right. Moving on. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It was after I had asked the series of questions about... Um, sitting down to watch a movie with a cinematographer or sitting down to listen to music with a musician, they realized that blessed are the prayer has for they shall see God may not necessarily be because God appears to them specially. Like, oh, you appear in hearts, let me appear to you. It's more about what they can see that someone who is not pure cannot. They may both be looking at the same thing. But the pure in heart will see God. But he who is not will not see God. It's not God being partial. It's not God picking favorites. It's just what it is. Like, the same way... Let, let me not throw shit. So, um, but basically, the same way you would sit down with a musician and, and listen to the same music, and the musician is hearing things you can't even begin to grasp... It's pretty much the same thing. Next slide, please. Guard your heart. Out of your flows. Like, it's really that simple. It's that little thing. Guard your heart. Out of your flows. Um, so, there's a book I'm reading. Um, yeah, I like books. There's a book I'm reading that sort of talks about the science of listening. The title of the book is You Are Not Listening, by the way. Um, so those of us in relationships that have, you know, someone that does not seem to listen, it's, you know, recommend, it's a recommended read. It wasn't recommended to me, but <laughs> just, just putting it out there. Um, but so far, so, I'm not done with the book anyway, but it's, so far so good, it's, it's been really helpful and really interesting. And one of the things he talked about in, in his early chapters is the science of listening. How the MRI scans, so he conducted a couple of experiments. Um, someone watches a movie and then describes the movie to another person. What they found out was that the MRI scan of the person listening was similar to that of the person when he was watching. This person did not watch the movie. Someone, is basically, someone who watched the movie is basically describing to this person. And the, the brain scan patterns of the person listening, similar to the person 
watching. Um, there were another experiment. Um, I think this one had to do with had to, had to do with matching brain brain scans. How that someone who is talking about like someone who was talking about something and, and the person who was listening intently sort of had similar MRI patterns as well, and how that barely listening to that affects how they both or how they conducted an activity afterwards, in the sense that. If, for example, I think some of the reasons why this mass magic tricks type things happen, where everybody maybe has drawn the same thing in the entire audience, because it actually does happen sometimes, um, is, is the impact of what was fed into the system. Right? So it's really that simple. Guard your heart to all diligence and build faith in before an event shows up. Like, you're not looking for a fight per se. Or you're not waiting for a fight to happen to then wheel fit or to then wheel fear out of your system. It's a little thing. Build it in now and you wouldn't have to fight that battle later on. Next slide, please. Now, <laughs> understand that for, because I mean, we've spent how many years on this planet? Um, there are things, you know, already wired somewhere in there. And for someone, you, you may be thinking to yourself, ha, I hear you, but it's too late. <laughs> like, my head is already a crazy place. Um, there's, there's a particular, I can't remember the, the series now. There's, there's a movie that talks about, was, okay, was, it was an animation. That's, you guys, nobody here watches animation, right? Oh, interesting. Oh, we're many. Great. Um, that, that basically tries to... <laughs> but there was this animation that basically tried to depict like, things that happened like, in your system. And so here's, here's, or this is me thinking about the person, uh, myself inclusive, who may be thinking, in this particular area, it may, already be, it may be a little too late. I have fed my mind with these things. I have binged on certain things. My head is already a crazy place, and it seems like right now I am at the position where I am fighting the 95% with 5%. I hear you. I hear you. And, and this next section is for you. Um, baby steps, giant strides. The less that is more, the little that is much. All right. Um, first things first. Let's play with the, with the 5% you have. Next slide, please. Acknowledge your new nature. I think that's, that's really the first step. Um, acknowledge with your 5% that your 95% has changed. Now, the AI may not be getting the memo yet, right? But you need to acknowledge and keep affirming with every 5% you can spare, that that was the old you. I think what, what usually happens is we tend to think that, oh, we did this before, we made this mistake before, we will make this mistake again. I think that's, that's, that's usually the first line to draw in the sand, that hey, that was the old me, right? The new me has a different nature. Um, and this is really powerful, and I think we've spent some time 
um, talking about this in the goodie bag series. So if it's all on SoundCloud, please visit. Uh, Philemon's 1.6 talk about how the communication of the faith is made effective by the acknowledging. Accept the knowledge. Like, accept it. You're new. Let me not say that. All right. Second thing. And, and this, is, this second one is a really powerful one. It's another thing that, I, I, that Pastor Dami has taught that I would likely not forget anytime soon. Be patient. Not lax, but patient. Now, let's define patience according to Pastor Dami. Patience is the stubbornness of the spirit man. Here's the point. Like, if, you, if someone had started like, writing, patience is the stubbornness as a teacher, I'll just press X. Now move on. Like, like, how do you put stubbornness and patience in the same sentence? Like, you would not ordinarily think that patience is stubbornness. Right? But patience is the stubbornness of the spirit man to insist on the outcome that the word predicts in spite of contrary evidences. So you're being patient with yourself is you're not being lax. It's you're being stubborn. Like, I, I don't know if, if that, like, I know it's still a little, it, it takes a while to sink in, like, patience, stubbornness, same sentence. But that, that's, that's, that's what it means to be patient, right? Patience precedes experience. When you are dealt God's word, what you are dealt with is the seed. Patience believes that God is true. I may not have gotten it yet. I may be trying, but once I get it, it becomes repeatable. And this experience gives strategic assurance of the future. This is me reading out my notes from that particular that sermon. So be patient. Um, if, if you're at the point where you're fighting 5% or fighting 95% with 5%, be patient. Um, or be stubborn. That is patience. Right. Um, next slide, please. Renovate, renew your mind one step at a time. Um, and <laughs> I think the illustration here is I like to move it, move it. You're not staying in one place, right? You're not, you're, firstly, you're not drawing back. You're not staying in one place. You're keeping it moving. Like, you're forgetting what's behind, and you're pressing on to, towards the mark. You are going an active step at a time, right? You are not, you acknowledge, you're patient and stop on to insist on the mark, right? So that, like, let me, let me paint the picture. So it's almost like, you acknowledge that this is the mark. You are patient and stubborn to insist on that mark, regardless of contrary evidences in your now. And you keep it moving. Right? Keep it moving. Um, oh, yes. Let me... Do I have time? Okay, I have some time. Um, the adulting game. It's, it's something I started doing recently, and, and then we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I think someone like Mr. Habib would actually enjoy this game or would be in the best position to play this game because of how his life is set up. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, but the idea behind this game really is because there's usually that... One of the things that com comes with adulting is you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have this responsibility, I have that responsibility... Thankfully, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm, I'm thinking about responsibility for a child. 
Um, but I mean, if, if that's in the picture, you're, you're thinking about that as well. But one of the things I... I, <laughs> I just heard the past office. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I sort, of, sort of started doing is I turned it into a game. Rather than having to do this or having to do that, I flip the perspective to be, can I hit this or can I hit that? So I have a set of things to do. The question would then be, oh, my goal is I'm trying to hit 70%. It's almost, almost like a game. Right? Or uh, I'm trying to save this amount of money. What can I squeeze? Well, I saved this amount of money last month. How much can I save this month? What can I squeeze? What can I, how can I do that? Or I earn this amount of money. How can I earn more? So basically turning it from something you have to do that is tied to your leg to something you are actively trying to push or you are actively trying to hit. I think changing it from a chore to a goal gets you excited or turns it into a game, sort of, right? And you're basically competing against yourself. Yes, I know it sounds cliche, but it is what it is. The idea, anyways, I'd like to move it, move it, to keep it moving. Um, and then lastly, and more importantly, next slide, please. Be ready to fight. It goes into the point where it's five against 95. You just have to fight. I'm sorry. Right, but it's a good fight. It's, it's a good fight. Sometimes it involves fleeing, depending on what it is you're fighting. Um, and other times it, it involves being stubborn and insisting. Um, one of the things we find in... Okay. First Timothy 6.12 speaks to fighting the good fight of faith. But you see the preceding verses talking about things you have fled or things you have put away. Right, so it's a good fight in that sense, and sometimes involves flee, fleeing, but you fight the good fight of faith to uphold certain standards, certain virtues, which is your new nature, which is the mark that you are insisting on. And one of the things we find with the theory of discipline is that disciplining people do not necessarily have more will than undisciplined people. They just have less distractions. So ahead of time, they put certain things aside, and then they can focus. So sometimes it, it involves fleeing or setting aside, as opposed to Willing, right? Because there's a way the 95% tends to. If it sees a certain thing, it may tend to a certain. So take those things out of the picture and, and fight the good fight. It may be a hard thing. Right? This is this fight. That is five versus 95. It may be a hard thing. It will likely be a hard thing. But I mean, we've settled that bit, right? We're doing hard things consistently. Next slide, please. Who's violence? Fight is necessary. Is it is very necessary? I mean, the, the parable of Zohar talks about the seed that was planted, but got choked out by thorns. And we see this play out um, in Gideon and Jehoash, and I think a couple of other kings. But I won't go, go go so much into the detail. But one of the things we notice with Jehoash's story is that Jehoash did the things that pleased the Lord, but he did not pull down the high places. His end was not great. That's what I'll tell you. Because the thorns choked out. So, there's a tendency to want to avoid the fights. And in the areas that are going good, just keep going good in those areas. But that fight is necessary. And you, you just have to fight it one way or the other. Right? 
in closing, as we bring this conversation to a close. Yeah, we're back to this. We're back to this image. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Your own understanding has fed through your senses. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge his knowledge of things. Acknowledge his knowledge of you. Acknowledge his knowledge of your circumstance. Acknowledge his knowledge of how to go about navigating that. And he shall direct your path. I would admit it's easier said than done. Right? Because there is <laughs> there's a way these things can appear. There's a way big things can appear. There's a way little things can appear that would, would I say, confound the senses or can have one asking questions how far. Um, but this is when you are most safe. This is when you are most safe. Not judging after the sight of your eyes, not after the hearing of your ears. On the basis, on the prelude that the spirit of the Lord rests upon you. Spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of knowledge and power, spirit of um, the fear of the Lord as well. So in closing, I'll, I'll, I'll share four thoughts. Um, and then we'll take questions. And okay, no, maybe let's do the exercise, then we'll take questions. Right, so four thoughts. Little things matter. The little 5%, that's which you are paying attention to, which, I mean, you may say, it doesn't really matter. It does. It actually does. Right? Um, does it appear smaller, weaker, shorter? Does not make it less important. And secondly would be, one foot forward, keep it moving. Right? Make it a game, make it interesting, but keep it moving. Keep, keep that pressure on. Um, choose your battles. Um, it's easier to fight 5% where you have control over the 5% than to fight 95% with a 5%. That, like, that's, I didn't even bother to do the math as to how many times that is. That's one, nine. That's 19 times. Right? That's, that's, that's a lot. Imagine trying to fight someone that is 19 times your size. Right. Um, take the easier yoke. And, and, and that's what I mean by choose, choose your battles. Take the easier yoke. Learn of him. For his yoke is light and his burden is easy. Like, in compar that because that's, that's the 5% in comparison to what you would then have to fight if you did not take his yoke. Right? And then fight the good fight. Acknowledge. Know what the mark is. Be patient, insist, be stubborn about it. Um, keep it moving and fight. That will be about the end of our conversation. Thank you. Um, well, to, to wrap it up, we'll, we'll have a, a little exercise, right? Um, I'd like you to bring out your phones, if you can. Um, open a notepad. Or if you actually have a note, I think that note works as well. Um, and I, I think this is on... This is picking from something Pastor Yinka had shared on push buttons, um, full circle. Really powerful thoughts. So think about this year. You know, year is wrapping up. Um, companies are beginning to wind down. 
Um, think about the year, think about things that have happened, and let's put them into three categories, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you can just draw lines. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I'll give like two or three minutes more to just think over that. And perhaps it's an exercise that may continue after, after this point. Okay. Um, because of time, we'll move on. Um, but you, you can keep filling, filling up in those categories. Next slide, please. Easy fight. Round one. So you see those things you put under the bad, and those things you put under the ugly. Yes, I asked you another trick question. Yes, I know. Um, those things are not, cannot be found in God's knowledge of you in that sense. So, on the basis of <laughs> Genesis 5.20, Matthew 7.11, Romans 8.28, all things work together. Um, Genesis 5.20 talks, talks about turning, turning things, what the enemy meant for evil, he has turned around for my good. Right? I'm trying to remember what Matthew 7.11 says. Okay. But basically, the things that we are viewing as bad, we are viewing them from a certain perspective. This fight one. Right? Change that perspective on the basis of these scriptures. Same thing for ugly. Right? You have scriptures there as well. Change that perspective. Um, and here's an expo. Next, next slide, please. By the time you are done with this fight, it can only end in praise. If it ends somewhere else, your math is not mathing. You need to go back and continue fighting, right? So it can only end in praise. All things work together. Um, he's a good father. Oh, yes, that's Matthew 7 11. He's a good father um, and he gives good gifts, right? If we, in, with our own hearts, know how to give good gifts, how much more him? So it can only end in praise. At this point, I think I will take one or two questions and then we'll call it today if anybody has any. Okay, um, I think Bungie has a question. Oh, and then there's another question, second question. Okay, so I think those two and that'll be about it. Amen. Thank you so much, PIM, for the sermon. Um, you asked a question um, when you said um, if me and Sheo or me and um, Bishop were watching a movie or listening to music. And um, does it matter our will at that point? Or can I, can I ask that? It is safe to say that why he's hearing something or seeing something different before that time is an accumulation of different wills that I have not willed but he has willed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, because he compared both. He said, faith and will. And I think, in my head, you've, I think you've, I've answered myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because will gives birth to the faith. Exactly. 
So we had said again, we had both agreed, yeah. or we had all agreed that it's a mixture of both. It's a mixture of both. Yeah. But, but what you control in real time is 5%. It's, it's, um, so basically, your will, your will programs that 95. Precisely. Of course. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for answering that one. All right, I think, okay, yeah. Hi, thanks. Um, so, I was thinking something and I want your thoughts on it because the question is not, any question we have is not a question. It's more of <laughs> clarification. So, I'm thinking the 5% and the 95% is in a state of time, like now. Yeah. I have 95. Mm -hmm. Five is feeding the 95. Uh -huh. But if you look at it in a span of 20 years, the 95 remained the same. But the 5 per time, 5 times 20, that's like 100. <laughs> because every day, my 5 feeds my 95. 5 can change environmentally. When I was 2 years old, my 5 was different. When I was 50, my 5 is different. But my 95 is the same. So in accumulation of 40 years, that five is like 200, and 95 is still 95. So? So, um, I, would, I would answer this question. Since you, you came at me with math, I would answer the question with math and changes. 95% um, changes. So, you may be that you added 5%, took out, maybe added 5% of A, took out 5% of the whole, and then the composition changes. Tomorrow, you add another 5% and take out which one of the reasons why keep the mark, keep it moving, right? So keep adding, and over time, that comp the composition of the 95% changes. Here is now where I would want to make the distinction, is that I would agree that over time, over a period of 20 years, for example, that 5% could have been added, removed, and then the 95% changes composition, and then 20 years down the line, the person tends to something else. That, that's pretty much what we talked about. You meditate on God's word, and then you make your way. You, we stare in a glass 5%, and then we are transformed 95%. That's, that's pretty much how that happens. Um, there are, I don't want to use the term destiny moments, because your choices are not made in 20 years. Your choices are made in time. At that point in time, it is the combination of 95% and 5% that is at play. I get that over a span of time, that can change. But the choice you are making at the time to fear or faith, to react or rejoice, is in time. And that is preconditioned on your 95 and 5% at that time. I don't know if that makes that clear. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, All right, thank you. Sorry, um, I just realized I forgot to take offerings. Um, so I think it's at this point that we, we give. And um, perspective. The widow's might was the feels weird to stand here. Okay, um, the widow's might was was regarded as one of, of the. I'm trying to remember the term Jesus used. 
one of the biggest givings for that day. So we give from that perspective, not necessarily from a, would I say volumetric or nominal level, but we give of our substance because he has given of us. It may be the widow's might, it may be the, the rich man's barn. Yeah, but we're given because he has given to us or he gave to us first. And that's, that's the perspective. Um, I believe, okay, yes, they're on the screens and a basket is passing around. Right. Um, so I think I'll just say a quick prayer. Um, Father, we thank you for... Thank you for the word that we've heard today. We ask that may take root, um, may produce fruit. We come to you to give of what you have given to us already. And we give because you first gave us. We love you because you first loved us. And as we come with a token of our gratitude for... Wow! What a word! For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Powerpoint Tribe.